Welcome to the Business Intuition Podcast, the place where you can learn to trust your intuition to make business decisions without having to meditate for hours, wear crystals, or give up on coffee or wine. You don't have to leave your IQ at the door. Embrace intuitive intelligence to create a business that lights you up and finally experience the success that you deserve. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Intuitive Revolution in Business. And today I'm going to talk about the 50 shades of intuition. But before I do that, I have a special announcement. So at the end of this week, uh, on the uh, 13th of February, I'm running my signature um, challenge, five-day challenge, uh, to um, get to trust your intuition to make decisions in business. So if you'd like to join us, it's free. It's going to be run in a pop-up group and we will be starting on Sunday at 1 p.m. with the first task. So every day you get a very simple task. The videos are under 10 minutes each for the tasks. Um, and, and then what's important is for you to share these tasks in the group under the post where I posted the video. Um, a couple of um, hours later, uh, seven hours to be um, precise, so in the evening, and all of this is UK time. So you'll have to suss out what the time is in your time zone. Actually, I could probably give you an indication. So, um, so, 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 here we go. Um, 1 p.m. is in... In the US, it's 8 a.m. in New York, and it's it's midnight in uh, in Sydney. Okay, so that's just to give you a very very uh, brief idea. Um, so then you have an ask me anything post every day, uh, seven hours after the task is released, and then I do what I call my breakfast with Ange, which is every day at 7 a.m. Uh, UK time where I answer all your questions and it's an, an opportunity for us to spend some time together chatting um, and having some fun. I absolutely love delivering that uh, five-day challenge and I think you probably will enjoy it too. People have so many aha moments and there's a real power in having several people, um, no matter what the numbers, in the same room, even if it's a virtual room in, on Facebook, in a Facebook group, who are all excited about connecting to their intuition because the, some of the people in the group are so much more than each individual um, taken apart. There is a buzz, there is an, a collective energy when we get together and work on, uh, on our intuition. So now let's get to the meat of the subject of today's podcast. What is intuition? So I think I've mentioned my definition of intuition before, but I'm going to remind you because I'm sure it's been a while. And for me, it's a form of intelligence that does not require thinking. But then that's not going to help you know when your intuition is trying to speak to you. And so in this episode, I'm going to look into what exactly um, intuition looks like. 
Now, most teachers of intuition are actually psychics and they teach you about the clairs. But to be frank, I don't think it's very useful for most people because most people are not psychic. And what is the difference between intuition and psychic abilities? I would say it's the same as between someone who would um, just walk, use their legs and someone who is uh, running a marathon or, or even running the Olympics. Um, the skill is the same, but the ability is magnified. You know, not everybody can take part in the Olympics and it's the same with intuition. So we all have a level of intuition. We all have intu intuitive legs, so to speak, but not all of us are going to be able to take part in, you know, the 100 meter race in the Olympics, for example. And that's very important to understand because um, you, you wouldn't go to a coach for uh, Olympic um, athletes if you just wanted to learn to walk. And most of us actually can learn to walk without being taught through trial and error. And I think the analogy is quite good because most of us can learn to use our intuition through trial and error. But of course, having someone to hold your hand or having someone to give you some indications or someone to mimic or to observe, because that's how little children, um, toddlers learn to, to walk. They look around and they see everybody walk around them. And then when their body's mature enough, they grab a table, they stand up uh, and they're still wobbly. So that's a very interesting analogy. I think it works for intuition as well. And I wanted to say you are, if you're listening to this podcast, you're not um, looking to become a professional psychic to do psychic readings or mediumship or tarot readings. You're an entrepreneur. So you're not here to learn about the clairs. I will mention them at the end of this podcast just for the sake of completeness. But I'm going to talk to you about what intuition looks like for us mortals. And when I say us mortals, I am psychic i have developed my abilities as a psychic but i still don't i suppose relate to most psychics because um i don't have a history of seeing um spirit or uh, or seeing things on a consistent basis of all the uh, clears that I'm going to talk about at the end of this um, podcast, I've had experiences in all of them, but they've been more like isolated experiences. And overall, in my in my regular life, I don't see, hear, smell, taste, uh, or feel um, on a regular basis. And in a way, I think it's better that way. Even though I wished to see more, um, this was more my ego wanting to be on the same page I psychics because I put psychics on a pedestal but having studied psychics now for well over 15 years uh, I don't put them on a pedestal anymore uh, no more than you would put someone who has legs on a pedestal it's ridiculous they're just like you and me and whatever messages they get is only as wise as their own wisdom so you've got to be picky when you um, when you work with a psychic or when you um, decide to learn from a psychic 
you've got to like the person and you've got to get the impression that they are actually wise people because otherwise they can actually give you guidance that is not necessarily for your highest good. And this is why I much prefer readings in the Akashic Records than psychic readings um, because readings in the Akashic Records always um, give you guidance from the highest of good, the deepest of love and the highest of intentions. And it is for everyone involved. You're not going to be able to say, well, now how can I get back at so-and-so because they did that to me and I want vengeance. This is never going to happen in the records because in the records, they will show you the bigger picture and maybe the fact that it's possible these two people, you and that person, uh, knew each other in a past life and you have some unresolved issues to sort out or perhaps there is a learning for you in um, perhaps spotting some codependency patterns with that person that you need to rise above. So getting vengeance is not going to solve anything. It's not going to teach you anything. It's not going to make you grow. And even though I, I don't believe that we're on earth to learn, I don't think we need to be fixed. I think we are amazing human beings that have so much wisdom. At the same time, we have come here to further our understanding because knowledge without experience means nothing. Um, you know, you can read all the books that you want until you actually are in a situation, you won't really understand it. And also your, your level of wisdom on how to deal with it won't be tested at all. Okay. So I don't believe actually that we're here to be tested, but we're here to experience things um, firsthand without a manual and without really knowing what's going on. And it is fun as well as scary, but it is certainly interesting. Anyway, let's get to the ways that our intuition can speak to us. And I have listed nine. So nine main ways that mortals experience intuition. Here we go. And for each of them, I'll share a little story so that it's a little bit more interesting than just having a, a dry list, okay? So the first one is a feeling of tiredness. And that, that will happen suddenly. You won't see it coming. There won't be any reason. It's not like you've, got, you've had a bad night's sleep and then, and then you feel this way and it's your intuition speaking to you. No, no, no. And I, the best story I can share about this, which is the one that I discarded as... Um, as a story when I was younger because I didn't consider myself intuitive. So it's very important that you start this exploration, this journey by um, convincing yourself that you are intuitive because we are all intuitive. Even if your intuitive has been trampled on so much that it feels like it's, there's nothing left. There is still going to be a seed under the, um, you know, under the surface that is ready to sprout back up into life. And in truth, our society does uh, dry up uh, intuition because our intuition is not watered, it's not nurtured, it has no sun, it has no encouragement. Although I'm hoping that the work of people like me is going to make a difference in this respect so that more and more people can retain their intuition rather than to have to dig up to find the uh, seed again and get it back to life. So feelings of tiredness. Uh, I experienced that and it's literally saved my life. 
So I want you to be able to recognize this feeling when you get it. And uh, what was happening is I was on my way to go to shop on a very commercial street in Paris called uh, Rue de Rennes. Uh, if you have been a Rue de Rennes, you know what it feels like. It's a lovely mainstream uh, street. And my favorite shop on that street is called La Fnac, which is a multi-story culture temple to music and books. And I was really looking forward as a, um, a law student back then. I was doing an internship in a company, in the legal department in a company. And I was lucky to be paid, which is not always the case and or actually very rarely the case when you're an intern as a lawyer. And so I wanted to go and spend some money. I still lived at my parents um, back then um, because when you're in Paris, it's very rare that you actually live away from your parents when you study. You usually still live with them. And I, um, so I was in the metro and I was about to choose to step out at the Montparnasse station when suddenly I felt incredibly tired, so tired that I canceled my plans to go shopping and just went home. Only to find out a couple of hours later on the eight o'clock news that there had been a massive bomb attempt at the precise site at the precise time where I would have walked if I had gone ahead with my plans. So I don't think this feeling of tiredness, it's something that uh, other people have ever talked with in relation to intuition. But I think it's an important thing for you to for me to mention to you, because I want you to be able to spot intuition in the most unusual ways that it might speak to you. OK, it could also be a feeling of excitement. You know, sometimes when we meet people that you, we've never met before, we have this feeling of excitement that maybe we've known them before. That is our intuition. And I want you to understand as well that all expressions of intuition is linked to energy. It's linked to the fact that you're reading the energy. So I'm not too sure how, when I felt tired, what kind of energy I was picking up. Maybe I was picking up a really dense and and dark energy that had been building up from um, actually that now that I'm talking about it, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, I've never have been able to look at it this way. So I'm so grateful for this podcast episode to throw light on what's happened. I probably picked up on the energy of the people who had plotted the bomb attempt, which must have been a very, very dark energy, which made me feel super tired and which drained me. So that, um, that saved my life. I, I do want to make a little bit of an aparté here, a little bit of a digression, because you might think, you know, but why did you have an intuitive hit not to go ahead when other people were not so lucky and went ahead and were either killed or injured? And I think I've said this before. And this is really not to downplay um, the drama of people who have experienced the death of a loved one or um, the people who have been injured and who have suffered from intense PTSD for probably years after the, um, the bomb attempt. And um, my compassion goes for them 100%. Um, and it, it is very hard to talk about these topics without somehow feeling a little bit insensitive. But there could, be, it could have been many, many reasons why these people made it to where they, they went. 
uh, one of the top ones is that um, we actually, there is no accidental death. So everybody always dies when they have planned to die and in the way that they have planned. We have several exit points throughout our lives that we can choose to leave. And on some level, in these kind of events, it can actually be the soul, not the person, obviously, the person wouldn't want to die in a bomb attempt, but the soul might have had a higher purpose in, in being part of this incident, maybe to raise awareness on, onto something, or um, I don't know. This, um, this is something that is um, to be looked into on a case-by-case -case basis. So that's the first possible hypothesis. The second, is that um, they were so disconnected from their intuition that they went ahead and ignored it and in the end um, died. And then, of course, there is a bit of a contradiction with the first one where I said, you always die when it's your time to die. I don't know how to reconcile that. And this is part of the mystery of spirituality mm -hmm. is that everything in its opposite can be true and there is a lot of contradictions um, in how you look at things. And maybe this because we have to keep, we have to keep some sort of mystery around things. Um, so yeah. So I've talked about the feeling of excitement. That was feeling number two um, or way number two that intuition speaks to us. It could be that, let's say, um, you are invited to go to an exhibition and you're not normally an exhibition person. You're not a very arty person, but that day you feel for some reason that is completely random that you don't recognize that you have to go and you feel excited about going. And that could be because you're, you're going to meet someone there that you're supposed to meet that is very important. And this reminds me actually of uh, Chantal's the way that Chantal who has been a guest on our podcast has met her significant other she said that she went to an art exhibition with her mom she really didn't want to go and she met the love of her life that's nice a nice story for Valentine coming up next week so that's one way um, that your uh, intuition can speak to you uh, you can feel a buzz you can feel tingles these are three number three and number four you can feel goosebumps, that's number five. I sometimes feel um, a, a tickling sensation at the top of my head, uh, which is an energy center. So that could be the way I believe that my guides are getting my intention, attention by stirring the energy in that energy center. And maybe you felt that too, I don't know. I'd love to know actually, uh, I'm going to post um, in my group, a post about this podcast where I'm going to ask you uh, which way, which is the main way that you receive your intuition. And just to start a conversation, because it can be fun. You can have a gut feeling. So that's a completely different area in your body. Uh, you can have a feeling in your solar plexus. Um, you can have, um, and then the, uh, the the last two are slightly different because they're not through your body. And so I was going to say, you probably have noticed up to now that the seven first ways to receive your intuition are quite body centered. And that's because intuition comes through the body, specifically actually through the heart. Uh, 
but the last two are sort of more external, so to speak. So one, number eight, is an idea that pops up in your head randomly. And I've talked about the train of thoughts in previous episodes where you have these logical thoughts that follow each other in a logical sequence. Uh, whereas an idea that pops randomly in between the trains, so to speak, that is not attached to any of the wagons um, would be an intuitive idea. And then the last one is number nine is signs. And I have done a complete episode about this, which was actually episode one of this podcast. So if you want to go back and look at it um, at the same time, I also want to mention that this week, Uh, we will be playing with signs all week in my group. So if you're not in my group already, please head over to Facebook and look for the Intuitive Revolution for Brilliant Entrepreneurs and ask to join us. Uh, we are doing an intuitive treasure hunt, and that's what I do always on, on the lead up to my five-day challenge to warm up the energy and get people to play and be excited about following their intuition. So now I'm going to talk about the uh, more classical clairs that all the intuition um, teachers talk about that are more suited for psychics. However, uh, these might help you as well, because when we start to um, heighten our intuition or follow our intuition, we are going to start to um, develop all these senses one by one. And one might be stronger to start with, but little by little, all of them will play out. And it's quite interesting because personally, I had all of them at various stages of my awakening journey. I'm going to talk that um, as an awakening journey because I think it's very pertinent. And what's interesting is that, you know, people um, talk about the sixth sense. Well, actually, there are six, six senses. <laughs> so the first one is the most known. It's clairvoyance. And that's when you see things that are invisible. Now, when I, when I say this, um, I need to let you know that even though this works through the third eye, I sometimes see without seeing. It's just that I know that I'm seeing something. And that's because my clear is actually clear cognizance, which is the last one I'm going to talk about, which is also the most common. So it's the most likely to be yours. So clairvoyance is when you see a picture or a picture pops up in your in your mind. So you don't necessarily see it in front of you. You have to be a pretty well-trained psychic or very, very strong psychic. So think again, we all have legs, but we're talking about these athletes that can run, uh, that can take part in the Olympics. Um, to be able to see a presence in front of you standing there, right, staring at you. And in a way, I think it's a good thing because personally, I've always been scared of seeing an apparition. Uh, now, of course, I'm just going to mention for the records that actually clairvoyance is mentioned in the Bible in all these visions of angels and everything that came to um, that appeared, uh, for example, um, in front of Mother Mary and who spoke to her. And so all these clairs are actually mentioned in the Bible, which is mind-blowing for me because I don't understand why religion considers psychics as evil and why they consider intuition as evil since it's talked about everywhere but then maybe they thought it's reserved for certain people and other people are not supposed to experience this but that's not true we're all uh, we're all open to these experiences 
So that's clairvoyance. But clairvoyance can also be a lot more subtle. And that's where I want you to listen to this. It can be that your gaze is attracted to something that catches your intention, your attention. So I know that sometimes when my guides want me to pay attention to something, I will notice, like maybe I'm in the library and I will notice one book and I have to pick that book up. And when I look at it, the title maybe will have a message for me. So that's a form of clairvoyance, because even though you don't see it in your, in your third eye, in your mind's eye, even though you might not see it uh, as an external picture, like some psychics do, it's still linked to your vision. It's your eyes being attracted to something, or it could be your eyes attracted to a paragraph in something that you're reading and and that will be your intuition speaking to you. And some people actually uh, work with this in a funny way uh, when they say, you know, um, get a message by flipping through a book and just stopping randomly at a page number or thinking of a page number and then opening the, 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 the book and finding that there's an answer there for you. That could be a fun way for you to experiment with this. Clear audience is when we hear things uh, things said or that are not audible to other people. So invisible sounds. Now, this um, there's a lot of people who are a audience who get songs that start playing in their minds. But most likely uh, what's going to happen is because it takes so much energy for the invisible world to communicate with you, because the uh, frequencies are so different that they re requires them to... Um, lower the energy to a point where they can actually match yours to communicate. It's most likely when you're a clear audience that you're not going to hear an entire discourse um, that you can then maybe write into a book. It's more like you're going to hear a word, a single word. And I have actually once um, heard my dad say one single word, and I will remember it forever. It was on my birthday after he died. And I'd been waiting and waiting and waiting to hear from him and feeling quite despaired because it hadn't happened. And I wanted him to communicate with me directly. I had been to a medium and that was a wonderful reading, but I just was um, despairing of why this didn't happen to me. And I heard this one word that actually makes me burst out laughing when he said it. Um, so that's the way that clear audience can communicate with you, that you can get a clear audience message. Clear sentience is when you feel something with your skin, maybe, or something that's touching you. Now, I've experienced that myself when I was visiting a very good friend of mine in London, when I still lived back in the days in Paris where um, I was born. And um, I went to sleep and she didn't tell me that the bed that I slept in had been made by her grandmother and her grandmother loved to come and say hello to the guests that visited her. So what her grandmother did, she literally brushed my arm. Uh, it was a very nice sensation of being touched by someone and there was a lot of kindness and love in it, but it was slightly unsettling because I didn't expect that to happen and I didn't know what it was at the time. Um, I was still, you know, a lawyer's in those days and I knew nothing about all the things I'm talking about to you today. So um, if you've ever experienced clairsentience, maybe um, it could be also a pressure on your shoulder. It could be that you feel something on your face, maybe sometimes when you, uh, when you get your intuition to speak to you. Just honor that. It's not your imagination. It could be an invisible person that is trying to communicate with you. 
clear, uh, clear gustance is when you taste things. And I don't recall this happening to me ever. Uh, but suppose you were cooking and that your intuition wanted to tell you that you need to add a dash of cinnamon. Maybe you'll have that taste in your mouth and that will um, uh, prompt you to think about adding cinnamon to your recipe. I love the idea of uh, cooks uh, developing their clear gustance and maybe they do actually already. The uh, number five is clear aliens, which is smelling. And the most typical way that clear aliens has been reported um, to me is through smelling um, tobacco sm smell or cigar in a place where there was no smokers. Uh, this has happened to me once, actually, and I didn't know that my grandfather smoked cigars, so it was very unsettling. Uh, I have also smelled my grandmother's perfume uh, near my front door on a day where I was coming back from quite an eventful uh, psychic day, actually. And interestingly enough, my grandmother was a um, psychic medium, even though she never taught me anything about it. So maybe it was a way for her to validate maybe what had been happening that day. I'm going to share a bit about what happened that day because it was, it was quite phenomenal. I had um, been training in Reiki uh, with a Reiki master that had some psychic kids that were creating trouble in her house. So I'd taken my, um, my two children. I, at the time, I only had two children. So I was um, in my 30s. And my elder two children are autistic. All of them are, but they were autistic. And as such as well, they could... Um, their, their psychic senses were very open. So not only was my, my son able to talk to these psychic kids... Uh, that were in my Reiki master's house. Uh, but a lot of, um, a couple of paran paranormal phenomenon happened while we were there. And I think we brought back with us one of the children because uh, they started to create a bit of mischief in my house. Um, and they were quite keen to talk to my son because um, as, and I, I don't know how it works. You know, I've always wondered why is it that they can be psychic kids when really when you're a soul, you're uh, eternal. You're not a child or a baby or an adult. You're just a soul. Uh, but what I've learned is that it's more that they present to us in a certain way because it's going to relate to us. So I don't know if it was particularly important for my Reiki master to have kids in her house. I know that she couldn't have children. So is that why she had psychic kids in her house? Uh, um, sorry. Um, children's spirits. <laughs> um, I'm getting a bit confused here. Uh, but nevertheless, this experience this day was pretty intense because I had initially um, wanted to take my children to her to see if they should be attuned to Reiki. And she was also quite keen to see if my son could talk to the, the spirit kids in her house. And we, we'd had a ball that day. We'd had a really intense day with actually things literally manifesting and disappearing in front of us as, as the kids were playing games with my children. So that's Claire uh, Aliens. Yeah, because when I came home, then my grandmother gave me that sign, um, maybe because she was happy that I was exploring the things that she didn't have a chance to really explore in the way that I did. And then there's clear cognizance. And I've kept this one for last. It's number six, because this is likely to be your clair, unless you already know that you're clairvoyant or clairaudient, which are the two main ways that people 
uh, express their clairs. Claircognizance is when you just know something and you don't know how you know it, you just know it. And you know it in with a lot of confidence. And that's how I know things. This is why the best way for me to give guidance is to be asked a question because then I will answer that question. And I have no idea where the answer comes from. It just comes. Um, and that's, that's, I will say, I'm pretty sure this is the, the Claire that is the most dominant in entrepreneurs. Um, this is why we are so capable of doing things that we've never done before and embarking in new adventures. It's because we have this sort of sense that takes us and tells us what to do, even though we've never done it before, or gives us an indication of what is right for us and what isn't. Um, in ways that we could never really rationalize. And looking back, I can tell you that I used that sense all the time. When I was a lawyer, I just knew the answers to problems without having to research them, which obviously I researched after I got the hint. But that's why I thought everybody did it that way. I thought everybody got the answer and then did the research, whereas it was the opposite for most of my colleagues. And this is a very, very... Um, useful Claire to have. However, it's also one that probably will drive you nuts as it's driven me nuts because it's very hard to make the difference between your imagination and your um, intuition in that case, because how do you know you didn't make the answer up? I still to this day wonder if, I may, if I've made everything up. Uh, and it's only when my clients come back to me and say, well, this happened or this happened and this was true, that I start to trust my intuition more because it really feels like I'm making it up. Um, so if you'd like to know what your dominant clear is, I want to invite you to the five-day challenge that I um, mentioned uh, earlier in this episode because I'm running a five-day challenge on Sunday and on day three is when we're going to look into what your dominant clear is. So I'm going to add the link in the, um, in the app, you know, in the description for the episodes, because I don't do show notes anymore. But at the same time, it'd be very easy for you to go, come and sign up for my challenge. If you go to my website on www.theintuitiverevolution.co.uk and on the homepage, you will have a link to sign up for my five-day challenge, literally above the fold on, on the first page, okay? So I hope that you join us. This is going to be super exciting. If you sign up, don't forget to also ask to join the group. I will let everyone in the group on Friday uh, so that we can continue to play games. But also we're going to have a fabulous treasure hunt, um, intuitive treasure hunt this week in my group, trying to find some signs and starting to pay attention because the best way to hone your intuition is to learn to pay attention to details okay i'll speak to you again next week in fact next week is a super exciting interview with gay hendrix i cannot wait to talk to him uh, and ask him about a story of intuition so without further ado i'm going to wish you an amazing week and i'll speak to you again on next monday bye for now thank you for listening to another episode of the business intuition podcast if you like this episode, make sure you subscribe, give us a rating, and if you haven't done it yet, write a review so that more listeners can enjoy this podcast. 
don't forget to join my free group on Facebook, Business Intuition for Female Entrepreneurs. And go on to my website to download my free workbook on the four steps to trust your intuition in business. My website is theintuitionrevolution.co.uk.